podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very special show. It's the annual Spurs Show Christmas live event, live from Dingwalls in London. See, told you, Theo, always louder. Second show, always louder. Well, if you haven't listened to the previous show with Theo Teledi, myself, Mike Lee, Mark Trainus, and Pete Hayne, do so uh, but now we have the man that we've all been waiting for to many men and women of a certain age our boyhood girlhood hero crush whatever you want to you know whatever and you know the greatest Spurs player I have ever seen play in a Tottenham shirt it is it is so before I welcome him <laughs> please welcome my co-host Theo Delady. Hello, everyone. Right. See. Played between 1975 and 1987. 490 appearances for Spurs. 110 goals. Manager of the club 2001-2003. Capped 55 times by England and managed our national team from 96 to 99. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Glenn Hoddle. Thank you. <laughs> in tune as well. It was better than Diamond Lights, that. At least you were in tune. Where is Waddler? I had to say backstage, because uh, Mitchell Thomas here, they'd actually learnt... Uh, so this is Christmas Wars over by John Lennon. Glenn backstage, no recollection of doing it on the Spurs Party album, did you? <laughs> no idea. It was like a solo song. You have no recollection. Did I really do that? Yes. Someone prove that to me, because I can't remember it. I really it's, 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 I think I did Let It Be, but... Yeah, it was on the same album. It's not not available on... I'm getting to that age. Also, Glenn, Willie Morgan told me earlier that you did a version of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting as well. You recorded that. I did. Is there anywhere that's available? Um, Hopefully not. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, the Elton John song. Yeah, I don't know where that ended up. Has anyone got that? Was there a... What what did you say? What beer was it? It was on some... Someone's got it over there. Courage Beer. It was a Courage Beer album or something. You've got Glenn doing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Wow. Wow. There we are. There you go. Remember that one. One copy sold to charity. There we are. <laughs> she got it. Right, we're going to do... Um, we're obviously going to look back at Glenn's illustrious time at Spurs. And, uh, but before we do that, we're going to do a quick short of recording because Glenn was with us and many people here four years ago with you and, and, and Mr. Mabbott. And that was the time when Spurs had just let go AVB. And you said so sweetly on that show alone, I think got to the papers and all that, I can't remember what we exactly we asked you. We were going to who they're going to bring in. 
And you turn around and sort of, look, I'm Spurs through and through. I've, I've, I don't know if you physically left a message, but I'm available to help Spurs out for the rest of the season. And that's kind of how we left that show in yeah. T- yeah. four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Spurs, I don't know, suppose they sat down with Capello, De Boer, and Pochettino. What, what, did, what did you? I mean, obviously, exile Hampton manager. I did you know anything about Pochettino before? No, I didn't actually. Yeah, no, none I, of us well, did. Well, uh, the only smidgen I knew is that he played. Uh, he played against us in uh, in '98 in the World of course. Cup. Yeah, and um, in that game I reminded him the other week that when Michael <laughs> Owen went past yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> and left him for dead when yeah. he scored that wonder goal yeah. in the 98. Yeah. He says but it's never no. a penalty to this day, doesn't he? He, <laughs> said it was a he said he thought about bringing him down, said, but he was too quick for him. No, but, mm. Um, mm. Um, no I didn't know. Too. There was another name, you know, because I thought I had discussions with Daniel Levy at the time um, about going in for a short period mm. of time just to sort of consolidate at that time. And uh, I think they were going for Van Gaal. No, that's yeah, the other that's one. right. That so yeah, they thought they so were, were going to get we, him until the Man United job. We were came. pretty that's lucky right. there, then, guys. That's right, you're right. <laughs> we missed the bullet. Dodged a bullet. But you look at those names. I mean, De Boer and and, and um, the other one I just mentioned was completely gone from my head. Capello. Capello. Yeah, and Van Gaal. I mean, yeah, oh. on paper you go, oh, we could do they a job. They all looked good. Yeah, we've kind of lucked out, haven't we? Well, do, I mean, do you think no, we've I lucked think, out? I think what he did at Southampton was, and I think what. what, what uh, Daniel Levy like there is that he brought players through the club and Southampton yeah. were a team that wanted to, to the homegrowns and I think Daniel's always had that in mind probably because it's cheaper that way yeah. <laughs> yeah let's be honest yeah but they've done a great job and, and, and they've gone on and proved and they've actually done what Southampton have done and they've, they've brought you know they've brought through these young young players at Tottenham now which is great to see and mm. some real what I call genuine homegrowns you know English yeah. homegrowns yeah yeah Winks because, and Kane and, yeah yeah, yeah. So when you do when you Mason do was one as well yeah. wasn't he when you do pundit work for ITV BT Sports and all that and obviously you, you so professionally you're watching a lot of Spurs games do you do you find it easy to detach yourself and it could be like Chelsea Huddersfield tomorrow or I mean how's it like when you've watched the game and you've then what do you think Glenn you can't oh, I can't believe we're just giving that goal away I know how, how do you kind of do it it's tough there's a few times when I've said us yeah, you know and, right. and we and, <laughs> and you can get away obviously England's a bit different but it's and and people do remind you of it, you know, oh, really? from other clubs. You get letters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, from other clubs. You know, yeah. you get Spurs fans saying, "Oh, it was great to hear you say we" and all that. <laughs> you're just human. It's human nature when you've supported the club since I have, since I was eight yeah. years of age, and done what I've done. It's in your blood, so um, it's it, it is difficult. But because I really should, I do really have to be sort of that middle ground if I can be neutral as I, as I possibly can. But it is yeah. tough sometimes. It's a bit embarrassing when I jump out of my chair. <laughs> 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 get in there but yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. as long as I don't say anything I'll get away with it yeah. <laughs> uh, very quickly um, just, just to remind everyone uh, we're back this season my lab but it's got a free £50 bet sign up at uh, bet.spurshow.net and get a Tottenham Spurs Show season ticket at season.spurshow.net and join us at wonderful events like uh, tonight I mean when you look at the last couple of years as a Spurs fan and someone who watches us now professionally it's we're certainly certainly you mentioned Levy and maybe alluded to wages and what we're going to spend we're kind of punching above our weight in Mm. that respect Mm. where do you think with the players we've got at the moment and and, and everything that's going on the new stadium and Champions League 
how far do you think we can go with this current team? What do you think we need as certain fans here who think mm. it's still not enough? Yeah, I, I said this last year, at the end of last year, when people were saying, you know, Spurs would be contending to, to win the league next year, be it this season. And I thought, no, that that's, the squad isn't enough yet. You, they need to add to it with some real top quality players so that the squad is... It, it, has got that depth to it where where you can place on one week and then rest him and Harry needs a rest at some stage and then you know you've got to fight for three or four really good midfield players that whenever your team comes it's, you're always playing at an eight or nine out of ten mm. your team is eight or nine out of ten so if someone's out of the team and you look at some of the other clubs at the moment like obviously City the money that they've spent but even Chelsea when you see Pedro and, and, and Willan coming on mm from the bench mm. and Hazard being rested you know that's where I still feel the squad needs to be strengthened and more importantly keep the players that we've got and I really do I really worry at the moment because Daniel and everyone at Enix have done a fantastic job off the pitch and the, and the squad has been built on the pitch so the two are married together and the timing is alright it just worries me now with the stadium being built if we start losing the best players and then we should be, at this moment in time, adding some really top players. I like the lad Sanchez. I think he's been a really good buy. <clears throat> a couple of others haven't really, for me, done it yet. Not, not that they've come in and really said they're far better than the players that we've already got yeah. or as equal. And that's where we've got to go next. And, I, and I'm scared that's not going to happen. And if we start losing Alderweireld and Harry Kane, God forbid, or Daly Ali, so, you know... Where Spurs going to be? Where can Spurs be? Where can we be in three or four years' time? Could be incredible, really. Could be the best. Our history could be... The future is, is our best history. Mm. Could be. We could, it could go past anything that we did in the 80s, in the 70s, and, and go way, way back to the 60s again. But, there's a big but, we're at that, we're at that sort mm. of posi- crossroads, yeah. if you like. It's no good having a Rolls-Royce of a car and a mini-engine inside. But you, you know Daniel, and you obviously have worked with him and you've known him for a long time. Do you think that now that he's building this big stadium and they're, they're trying to take it to the next level, do you think he, he will realise he needs to invest as much in the team in order to get to the next? Because the team's the most important thing. There's no point in having a big stadium if you're in the bottom half of the table every That's year, is it? That's my concern. That is my concern. Where are we in three or four years' time? You know, as I said, the Rolls-Royce with a mini-engine. Mm. It's no good having the team as a mini-engine in that it ain't going to work. What do you expect to happen? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm I'm hoping that that the money will be spent on the players that we've got already. And that's the number one priority. Keep the players that we've got, the top players that we've got, what the manager's building. If you keep the top players, you keep the manager. Mm. Because if if, if some of them top players start moving, then Maurizio will say hang on a minute, what's going on? So we might lose a manager. Mm. And I'm saying in three years' time, where will we be? We could be somewhere like we've never, you know, we're dreaming about and hoping for in three years. We could be winning the league. And we could be, you know, challenging at Champions League level, really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it could be a fantastic stadium filled out because the the fan base is there. Yeah. Of course. It'll still be full, but... If the team is, de- you know, depleted and going backwards the other way, the two have got to go together. Yeah. It's not easy. It's easy for me to sit here and say that to get the finances right and get the. Uh, but I, you know, I've heard all oh, these budgets have all gone up and whatever. Listen, I, I, I don't get that. If you, you know, if you're at that level, 
and, and Daniel's been in property business all his life, you, you get the budgets done, and if they're not, you know, and if they don't hit the right dates, there's concessions, there's, there's yeah. fines. Yeah. So I don't get that one. I've heard it's nearly going to be a billion now to, to build the... Really? Yeah, which is, I think, ridiculous. I, mean, yeah. I really do. Yeah. We had um, Harry Redknapp during our last show here on, in May, and we kind of, obviously, also being a fellow ex Tottenham manager and we asked him much the same question and he was quite honest and sort of said look yes obviously money but if you're sitting down with some young European striker and go wanting to come to Spurs question one is you've got Harry why do you need me unless you do what we know like West Ham do and other clubs pay over Newcastle over the odds to get them in what do you do? Because you've got certain positions. If you're a young player, 21, 22, 23, you're going to go, well, I'm not going to... What, you're going to play with you, you know... How, as an ex-manager, how do you sit down with a player and, and convince them to come with, with the money they want and still get them in? Well, it ends up down to the finances. If you can entice somebody to come and say, right, you know, you're going to get your chance, but you're going to be cover for the moment, but... In, in football a manager will pick his team you know you, if you've got a player that pushes Harry Kane mm. and is going to push him for goals and, and appearances that's what you want yeah. you know if you've got a, if you've got somebody who's, who's comes into the club and says right I'm going to take Dele Alli's shirt mm. and Dele Alli goes no you're not I'm going to respond to that mm. so you're actually you're pushing your levels of your team up all the time and if a new guy comes in and is sensational then that, you're improving your squad mm. and your team you, you do nothing with 11 players in this day and age do you think looking at the cre- Creative positions, you look at certain games, especially at Wembley when teams sort of part the bus and we've got to beat them down. Do you think those are the areas, someone to push Deli Alley, someone to push Ericsson? Do you think those may be the key positions that we need think, to? I think we need someone who can unlock the door. I think Ericsson does it at times, he does, and he gets you sort of excited. And then the big, on some bigger occasions, I'm not so sure. Mm. Deli Alley isn't that type of player. He's not going to orchestrate things. He's the end of the jigsaw. Mm. He gets in the box. He will score goals whether he's playing well or playing poor, you know, well or poorly he, he gets in the box and he, he'll keep getting in the box similar to sort of a David Platt and a Brian Robson type of player mm. so he, he mm. loves getting in there and he, he's great at what he does and, he'll, and he'll, he'll score goals every season and get his goals but is there you know is there, is there somebody there I think there's somebody we need to find someone a lock picker yeah if you like because yeah. the other big clubs they've all got more than one of those haven't they yeah I mean you look at City they've got, they've got, got an abundance they've got, loads a couple, of them. they've got a couple sitting you know Chelsea have got it as well yeah and that's where sometimes Wembley should suit us to break teams down the ones that sit back on us it's interesting in the Champions League we, we be, we've become a sort of a counter-attack team mm. yeah. we haven't had the possession that we've mm. had for the last three years in the Premier League mm. so I you know I, I think there's games where I'm sitting there watching and I think well, actually you've had a go for 20 minutes nothing's happened there's a time when you've got to say to an average side come on yeah. You know, you, you suck you them in. Yeah. Come at us. Let their fullbacks come on to us. Mm. We drop off and let them have the ball and let us attack, attack us and mm. make ourselves really difficult, like we have done in, in Europe. Yeah. And then hit them on the break. Because good players with time and space will hurt you. Yeah. You know, it's when you're banked up and it's, you know, Stoke, we broke, broke them, well, their own goal. Yeah, that, that early goal it opens yeah. it all up. Yeah. Mm. Swansea and, and even Palace was difficult. Happen, yeah. And other games this year, it's, it's been difficult. But... It is a bit of a, a, a strange one because the, the dimensions are, are bigger at Wembley, so you should have more space to mm. actually break these teams down than at the lane, actually. Mm. But yeah. it hasn't sort of panned out that way. Maurizio's had a good relationship, it seems, with Daniel. 
all the way yeah. through it would appear from the outside and, and I noticed from that book that Guillaume Balaguet's done I don't mm. know if you've read any of that book but one of the things they, they all went on holiday at the end of last season I think it was get, you know Maurizio and Daniel Levy yeah. and all the other coaches and all that so it must be quite close but interestingly they've had a little they had a little we've, we're just coming out of a bad run yeah. first really proper bad run since the early days of Pochettino yes. really well that's the time you get tested exactly but Pochettino yeah. came out last week the end of last week in his, in his press conference and actually complained for the first time about something about and he said that Daniel always leaves it late as we all know he's famous for it in the transfer windows <laughs> to clear, close the deals and um, he said and then it's very difficult to integrate players because they haven't come in and had the same pre-season as everyone else they're not necessarily at the same fitness levels they're not in the same mentality yeah. Yeah. they haven't got to know everyone is that um, a recurring I mean I, I've got a feeling you might have said the same thing when you were in that in, yeah, in Pochettino's it's a pattern, it's a pattern that, that's happened at the club and there's no doubt about it from the manager's point of view there's so much it's incredible and, and, until you're a manager there's so much that needs to be done and can be done during the pre-season once, you, once you're into a season and you've got games coming thick and fast you haven't got that time to prepare teams and to actually experiment and, mm. and learn about your individual players and then the unit who plays best with who that's all done in pre-season mm. uh, when you're in the league and you've got a midweek game and then you, you can't do that you're actually recovering most of the time when you've got a lot of games there's not really much you can do mm. but that pre-season with the team that you can get is immense Man City went out and got although they had the money to do it they didn't, they didn't hang about did they no. they went out and they got three players in bang straight away and then Pep had the opportunity to work a system and you watch them play and it looks like they're playing free-flowing football where they're, they're not, you know, they just go and play. Yeah. But they're actually played in he's a system. He's got a plan, He's got he? a plan and yeah. whoever, whatever system he's playing against, he's got a plan as well, mm. which is very cute. But that's what Maurizio's talking about and it's, mm. it, was, it will be very difficult again if that happens, you know. Mm. But, you know, January's different. You're in the middle of the season so you've got to get on with that if there's new players come in. Yeah. Um, but we, the thought of going on holiday with Daniel Levy I'm not sure, <laughs> <laughs> not sure well, about we're that uh, we'll ask more questions here live with Glenoddle very quickly after I this I know it would have been paying the bill <laughs> after this break hey the Spurs show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks <laughs> not and really Daniel I'm only joking and we're back and we're back um, Glenn, it was interesting you talking about marrying, bringing players in, the money problem. Scouting, how does, I mean, as, as, as a layman, how does it work now in this sort of big world game where, you know, the old days, some ex-player used to get bunged 20 quid to go and <laughs> yeah. see someone and, 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 like and great players as well. Yeah, you, no, you hear yeah. about, even yeah. Bill Nick do it for West Ham yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, how do you think it kind of works now and, and uh, whether you know or not, know or not Obviously, there was, um, was it Paul Mitchell was, was the last yeah. big thing that's gone. Do you know what's going on there within the club now, scouting-wise? No. What the sort of directive is, go and look for players at this kind of price range, any idea? Yeah, I don't know the ins and outs of what's happened there and who's going to take over the reins and, and what, what the, the theory is there at the club, I don't. But it's pretty much now completely changed as it used to be because yeah. the manager now has got the opportunity to see any player you, you name any player playing in a B league in Belgium or wherever, you'll, you'll have you'll have videos, you'll yeah. have a lot of stuff on him. But for me, there's nothing like 
running your own eye across a player right. you know, as a manager well, and, and go, going over yeah, watching a game yeah, in, 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 in the best sort of game you can possibly get you can't always do that because of mm. your fixtures and whatever and planning um, so that's where you you actually trust your you know, recruitment you, you trust your scouts and that's why those people are just as important as the coaches you bring in you know when you see the, the coaches now and they seem to have more coaches than ever now don't mm. they there's sort of three or four yeah. coaches there but I think the recruitment and the scouting you need people you can really trust and more important on the same wavelength as you so if you send a, a, to watch a player you know they're looking through what you're looking through you're, through your eyes to a certain right. degree there's no good bringing yeah. in people or if you go to a new club and, and the, the per- person that's running the, the scouting and the recruitment is not of the same ilk of you yeah. in the same way that you, he wants to play a long ball game or he looks for strength so, and so just, he likes a different type of yeah, player right you've got to you've got to be able to sort that out pretty quickly and if yeah. not you bring the people your own in, people in but when it comes in, to coaching I mean you know we I'm trying to think the last you can argue older complete player big player came to suppose what Van der Vaart maybe the last one who'd already been there done ready made carried on improved so if you're not looking for the ready made player because we don't pay those wages and transfer fee as a coach and manager when you speak to these scouts what are you kind of asking to see because you've then got a coach I mean obviously Pochettino has been brilliant I mean players like Danny Rose players, certain players have absolutely improved out of him Sanchez most expensive signing of Spurs 42 million 21 years old mm. slotted in so far looking amazing so when you speak to these scouts you go look you can't go out and buy the best player you can't buy Sanchez from Arsenal not going to happen mm. what kind of level are you looking at then you know what, 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 are you look, what are you looking to in that player for you to go I can do this with him. I'm going to get him working on whatever that is. Well, you work, you're, looking, you're, you're looking at potential. That's why you would study videos of, of players non-stop and, and, as I said, run your own eye over them. But you'd get reports back and, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, when you, when you take over a club like Danny Rose was already at Tottenham, there's a lot of players there and now that Maurizio could see in front of him daily. You don't get that opportunity. When you're buying, one of the biggest problems you have, you're looking at the talent, you do as much on the background of the mentality of the lad. Mm. I, remember, um, I remember I was sort of let down a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to get a 21-year-old uh, Eto. Mm-hmm. He was only 21. He was on loan from Real Madrid to Mallorca at the time mm-hmm. before he went to Barcelona. And I wanted to bring him in when I was Spurs manager. And um, it was muted in the background that he was a bad apple. Right. And the club When you say us. muted, who, who, I won't tell who you, phones you up? There's well, people in your ear. There was people within the club. I was in a bar and. <laughs> there was people within in. the club. Right. But it wasn't true because I'd, right. sat, I'd met him and I'd made right. sure that we sat, sat him down and... So yeah, you got quite far down the road. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I wanted to get him and Morientes, the pair of them. Wow. At the time, because Morientes was everyone was talking about Morientes coming, but yeah, so I suppose the they weren't talking about Eto because he wasn't famous at that point. He was no. still in in development, wasn't he? He was on loan to Mallorca. Right. I remember going over to watch him, uh, Real Madrid. I went over with uh, his agent, flew over, watched him, and he's playing against Real Madrid, so he was allowed to play there, right. over there, uh, in the Bernabeu kicked off and got on his trophies just kicked off he's run straight at rail nutmegged him he's dropped his shoulder he's gone by two or three players and got brought down on the edge of the box 
And I turned to the agent and said, come on, we're off. I've seen yeah, enough. That's, that's all I need to see. It was unbelievable. Wow. And, and he was, you know, we all know what he did in the end. Yeah, but he was of sharp as a razor. That was really frustrating for me. Yeah. Really frustrating. But that was somebody who'd got it into their heads that he was a bad apple and he was going to be yeah. and mentally that, and wrong. It, or... And it, it, it put off the club spending the yeah. money. I think it was... So you undermine. Hold on, I think I've guessed million, who it was. Uh, six million pounds. I think I've guessed who it was. You might have thought this. Yeah, no. <laughs> guess whatever you want. Have, to you, say. have you had the flip side though, where there's someone that you really like and heard and seen, and then they arrive and it goes the other way, and you're like, oh no. Oh yeah. What I, I thought I had this. Yeah. And I wasn't told this or whatever. Does that happen as well? Yeah, it does. It, you know, you you don't know until you get them in front of you. Right. And once, once you see them react and it's a little bit like what Maurizio has said now there's a, been a little bit of a mm. couple of you don't know until the downside when as a player or a manager or I suppose anything in life when everything's going well for you it's easy mm. yeah. you know you're a great manager and everything's right and the mm. you know the relationship between the chairman and the manager's great and the player and the manager but the minute you start getting a few dodgy results or there's something negative in that's happening that's the real test that's the test of um, you know your, your real character and that's the test of you as a manager or an owner or a chairman or a player when you're going through that dodgy time or you're coming back for an injury so you know I look at people having good runs and I think yeah that's okay it's fantastic you've earned the right to have that run if you're mm. playing well or you're managing well and the team are going well and you're just having to wait look at Klopp now Klopp every now and again yeah. mm. he's not the big smiley face that we all saw no, he lost it he lost it he absolutely lost it over that penalty I've seen that happening yeah. Yeah. more than that's, is that, just when you week. see it is that when the pressure's getting to yeah, you yeah that's because things are not going as well as they were yeah. and the pressure's back on you but that's when you get tested and that's when you get judged as a, as a player, a manager, you know, yeah. uh, in life in general. Let's yeah. face it, all of you guys in your jobs and that, you, that's when you get tested. Mm. It's easy, isn't it, when everything's hunky-dory. But yeah. what do you do when everything's so, now even when, obviously, you manage, mm. everything's so in the public eye, you sort of said, you've, let's say you've lost heavily on a Saturday, you've got a massive game on Wednesday, you don't have time. What do you do as a person, a manager, to try and G players up and try and get performances out of players who aren't performing when you have no time yeah it's, it's not easy I've got to say it's not easy the one thing you've got to do is you've got to sort of um, have that negativity yourself you've got to look at yourself and you've got to be hurt by a run or a bad game or you've lost if you don't then you don't learn anything from right. it you also got to learn from when you win and thing is go- the thing is going well for you. Mm. Too many people say, I don't, I'm not a believer in saying, oh, well, you learn from your mistakes only. Yes, mm. sure, you can learn a lot more, but you've got to also learn why from your success. Thing, from your success. Yeah, and why did that go right? But as humans, we don't look at that. We always yeah. look at the other way around. Yeah. But it is more of a test when, you're, when, you're, when things are not going so well. But, yeah. So you have to analyse that. But you know what? As a manager, you are the leader. You are... It, you have to get yourself round. You have to be a good actor in some ways. Mm-hmm. You have to go in next morning or whenever you, the next time you're in, and you have to do a, a job on yourself. The amount of times I used to, I used to travel in my car to the training ground, all my clubs, and, and, and even as a player as well when we'd lost or a derby match we'd lost. And it's almost as you're travelling, you're, you're, you're almost talking to yourself. Mm. Gene yourself up. You're doing a job on yourself. Yeah. And because if, as soon as you walk in, how are you going to lift them players if you haven't lifted yeah. yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And point. you've got to have that little bit, you know, you're driving. And I used to get to the training ring, how the bloody hell did I get here? Mm. Mm. You know, I can't remember driving. I yeah. was like running everything through your head yeah. as a player or a manager. Mm. And in the end, you get out of that car and you go to the office and whoever the first person you see was my port of call was mm. I was going to have a 
smile on my face and a yeah. positive thing to say. Yeah. Bang. And then that would set me on my way. And mm-hmm. whatever the defeat was, whatever it was we had to, the problems we had to do, you face the day. But you have that moment at home on your own or in the car where you're going, right, you know, this is not good enough or mm. you've got to improve yourself and then that, you know, or your disappointment is there. Mm. But you had to get it round. And you, it's no good going into a football club and, 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 and being down and being negative. Yeah. Players will pick it up yeah. and that will take three weeks to get over rather yeah. than three days. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fantastic that's leadership. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, we're, we're going to do an, another recording now, looking back at Glenn's career. But I mean, that's fascinating insight. Uh, I think you all agree. For now, Mr. Glenn Hoddle. Thank you. So I can't see anyone out there. I think it's absolutely. I don't want to see it. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh. oh no, put the lights. Put the lights back down. Put the lights. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. The Spurs Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.